muscle confusion. You want to confuse your muscles? Put more weight on the bar. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back with Weapon X. Derek Oslin, I'm Scott McNally. Guys, we still don't have a name for the program, so we need your help with that. Uh, what did we come up with so far, Derek? It was uh, Brass Tax. So we have Brass brass Tax, but with a CX at the end of yeah. uh, Tax. And then you, and then the the Weapon X show, plain the and simple. Weapon X show. So I also had the uh, Weapon X files. There was that. That was the. Uh, oh yeah, the Weapon X files. And then you could you could uh, steal off of the X Files theme song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then you have to throw and then you have to throw a horn at the end of the song. <laughs> the way. So guys, today uh, we're going to discuss uh, understanding understanding how to monitor your progress. Uh, but before yes. we did that. Um, I wanted to like talk about some little side stuff, some some behind the scenes stuff, um, some personal Ooh. stuff uh, that mm-hmm. uh, Derek, you are you you made a decision uh, that you're not going to compete for the rest of this season. I know you made a big yes. post on social media about it, but could you kind of fill us in here uh, before we get things rolling? What's what's going on with that? Sure. So. Um... For anyone that uh, follow that follows me on social media or has listened to me on the show in the previous uh, couple times I've been on, um, I was getting ready for the Chicago Pro. Uh, the short version is, given the protocol that we were following in terms of the way my cardio was set up, of supplements, diet, all of those things. Uh, obviously, I'm I was supposed to be dropping weight and dropping body fat and all of those things because um, I have to make the 212 cutoff. And that was not happening. Uh, the exact opposite was happening. I was gaining weight constantly. And it got to a point where I was like, okay, there's definitely something wrong here. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to be I – I knew I wasn't going to be ready. I wasn't going to be at my best. And I really didn't want to, disres- one, disrespect bodybuilding as a sport like that and disrespect the guys who I'm going to have to go up against and beat like Keon, uh, John Jewett. Um, and all of these guys who are going to be 110% and think that I'm going to just waltz in at 85 mm. and and win. That wasn't going to happen. Um, on top of that, uh, because of my frustration with what was happening during my prep, um, my mood and my mental health was really suffering really bad. Um, mm. I would find myself very uh, either irritable, uh, quiet at home, not really talking much, Um Anastasia, my fiance, would share like her successes with her prep. Like, you know, I'm down another two pounds. I'm down another three pounds. Like, you know, looking, you know, I got new striations in my quads, etc. And I just could not be happy mm. for her. I could not because I was too. I was like, I'm like, great, you're making progress. I'm not. Like, screw you. Like, you know, that's how I would take it. And it, that's not cool. That's not fair to her. Who she busts her ass, and I need to be supportive of her. And um. We were talking before uh, we started recording, but what I failed to mention, one of the things I failed to mention, Scott, was when I was getting ready for the Olympia, she dropped everything. Like, I mean, like, she still, like, you know, obviously worked and focused on her clients and all of that. Yeah. But in terms of anything beyond that, it was all about me. It was 110% about me. She made sure that everything was in place for me to have the most ease yeah. um, and peace of mind going into the Olympia. She made everything perfect and so stress-free. And I cannot thank her enough. The only way that I I can properly is to make sure I do the same for her. That's so now cool. I'm in a position to be able to do that for her. Um, so I felt like I was being a shit partner. So I wasn't being able to be supportive because I was too worried about my own stuff. Um, I wanted to be able to give more to my clients who are also in prep and getting ready for shows. There's, I was just lacking in a lot of different ways because I was too worried about myself. And it's not fair yeah. to the people that I care about and that care about me. Um, plus... I knew something was wrong. I need to get my health right. So here we are. Um, I made the decision. I feel really good about it. I feel very at peace with it. I got blood work back. I got my results back. And now I'm in a position where I can just focus on getting healthy, fixing everything that's out of whack, and make sure that I'm in a good place that when I'm ready to fully move into improvement phase, I'm able to do that and hit the ground running and not have to worry about anything. I like that. I like that. And and I'll be interested to hear how this evolves, to hear what that improvement phase looks like, you know, because your improvement mm-hmm. phase is going to be it's going to be different than I think a lot of our, our viewers and listeners. You know, I know a lot of our guys are, you know, either younger guys in their early 20s or guys that are a little bit older, but we're all still trying to grow 
as much muscle as possible. You're in a little bit of a different position. Absolutely. Unless you went to the, the, the open division, you don't have a lot of room to grow as much muscle as possible. So I'll be interested to see, you know, how, how that evolves and in uh, where you take it, man. It'll be cool. So basically what it's, what it's going to look like is I'm going to go definitely into a PCT um, phase and just get all my levels right. Um, everything, kidneys and liver are good, which is absolutely grand. I'm really happy about that. So I don't have to worry about any extenuating health issues. Um, yeah. I just got to get my hormones in check. So PCT is next for at least a month or two. That should be more, given my experience with this, it should be more than enough time to get my levels back in check. And then from there is true improvement season. You know, we're full blown, ready to go. And to comment on what you just said, I will have a decision to make. Um, and that I'm going to let my body make that decision. There you go. Really. So I'm going to attack the gym. I'm going to attack my diet and everything with full force as much as I can. And I'm going to let my body determine where we're going to go. So my previous high when I got ready for last year's shows was 250.6. Okay. So since I made this decision, um, I'm already back up to 240 and with a very minor calorie increase. Okay. Um, I haven't really been stuffing my face or doing anything wild. Um, you know, if I wanted something, I had it, but like I'm still eating all my clean meals just with carbs in it and a little bit of fats. Um, so if I, so the way, the way it's looking is I might be back up to 250, not too long from now. I give it, I would say, give it another two months. And then from there, if I, if it slows down to the point where my body weight isn't really going up that fast, and I'm chilling between like 250, 255. Yeah, I'll stay. I'll stay in 212. If my body clearly says I want to go beyond that and I'm gonna do it, then I'm just gonna let it do it. And then at that point, then I'm saying, okay, then my goal needs to be I need to be 270 to 275. Right on. Um, yeah, that would be crazy. To, and then man. I would compete in the open. That would be that would be insane. But I believe you could do it. I know. I believe you could do it. I believe that the key would be to not get hurt for you, you know, because you're so strong that that would be yeah. the key is just don't get hurt. I've seen a lot of guys that are making, you know, just I shouldn't say a lot of guys. I've seen some guys who've been able to make incredible progress. You know, I think of like uh, yes. uh, Brett Wilkin, you know, he was a oh, yeah. physique competitor, yep. went to 212. Now he's a legit open guy, you know. I could see yep. you doing something like you have that ability. He's also really strong too. I'd be interested to see you guys train together sometime. That'd be cool. He's he he's taller. I mean, um, he's he's strong and he's and he's taller. So he, I think he's like five foot eight or maybe I know he's taller than me. Okay. Um, because when I met him, I feel like I was not looking at him at eye level. I could be wrong, <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he's getting ready for Chicago. He looks great. Um. And but he he would have had to class up out of out of two twelve. He was just too tall. Yeah. There's no way that he would have been able to add the size necessary to you know to fill out his frame and stay below two twelve. It, it never would have happened. So it was a great move for him. Um, yeah, that would be that be that be super cool. I would love to train. I would love to train with Brett. I I, I love be, uh, following and being around guys who I deem are stronger than me really i like i like yeah. finding people who can do more than what i do because it, i follow them and i'm like i'm gonna do that and then yeah i try to do it i remember you that's saying what, that that's what really led yeah i'm, I'm one of those that led to my improvements in 2019 yeah. to 2020 yeah that's pretty cool man mm -hmm. that is cool but you're right you're right not trying to get hurt is gonna be a big thing um because i know how i train and i know i'm always gonna want to do more freakish things and hit higher numbers so just making sure that the the force that my muscle is producing is not exceeding my connective tissues ability to handle it and remain stable. You're that's smart, gonna, though. That's, that's going to be a, a I key. think that that's what you have going for you, though. You're smart and you think about this stuff. You know, you're not just like you're not just hoping and praying that you don't get hurt. You're putting something behind it, too. Yes. And I know how to auto regulate, which is one of the things that I'm actually going to talk about um, in the um in our in our discussion today when i talk about diving into gym performance and tracking those things and just understanding what you need to be looking for to know you know 
or can I, do I continue to push the gas pedal or maybe do I need like a devolume week or something like that? Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things I actually had on the outline. Well, in that case, man, let's just dive right into it. I also want to mention too, that our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. And Derek yes. is also brought to you by True. I know that you are going to be doing some uh, some supplements with them, so I'm I'm really excited to see you know what you guys come out with, what formulas you have, and uh, I'm actually going to be. We're actually having a phone conversation um, either tonight after we're done recording or tomorrow. Cool. Um, to talk about what the full line is going to be like. Right now, what we have agreed on is the protein. And I have a cream of wheat Ooh. formula as well. Nice. It is too damn delicious. It is yeah. really good. I was I was actually surprised at how good it came out. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty bomb. Um, so those are two things that we have settled on uh, officially. Um, I think I want to do a pump formula as well. I like just that. because. I'm not really big on caffeine during training. Like it, it, it kind of mess, unless I do a small amount, it kind of messes with my stomach. Sometimes I get a little nauseous um, if I overdo it. So having a pump formula would be absolutely crucial. Like, you know, some, something where you like use the true pre-workout, use one scoop of that. And then like use two scoops of the, of the pump formula yeah. that I think that would be a really cool, a really cool thing. But yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing that officially. We'll be sifting through all of that either tonight or tomorrow. All right. Awesome. Well, I look forward to it. And, uh, you know, once again, a topic today is understanding how to monitor and track your progress. And I know that a lot of times, uh, you know, on the programs, we talk about that you have to listen to your body, you know, stuff like that. And I think sometimes we don't necessarily always break down what that exactly means. So some of you guys might be aware of these things. I know that some of you won't be, though. And I'm sure that everybody's going to learn at least like at least a tidbit out of this so where do where do we want to start with this man okay so where i wanted to start was now if you if you guys see me looking down i'm looking down on my phone because i have the uh i have the outline written out on my phone um so we want to make sure that as you're tracking your progress um week to week month to month day to day um we want to start with looking at biofeedback markers so these are all the things that like i have my clients um, go into detail about every single time that they update me. So we're talking about um, your digestive quality uh, daily, uh, weekly. Are you, um, if you do have any type of digestive issues, and what I mean is it doesn't have to be extreme, like, you know, not to be inappropriate, but like diarrhea or things like that. Dude, it doesn't have to be that extreme. It could coaches. just be. You, we talk about, oh, yeah. we talk about poop all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> we talk about poop and poop and gear. Oh, that should be the name of the episode. The, 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 the show poop and gear with weapon X. Um, so no, but digestive quality. So it could be just as simple as just a little bit of gas or bloating. That still means that your body is not fully processing all of the food that you are putting in. So something is disturbing the flow. What is it? Um, and you want to keep track of those things. If you're not used to kind of being observant of your body, just, you know, thought you know, unconsciously, yeah. then maybe you want to take, um, maybe you want to have a food diary, walk around with a notebook or have a section on your phone that you just dedicate to, okay, I ate this meal. This is what I ate. How did I feel afterwards? And then just repeat that process after every single meal. And eventually you'll figure out, oh, okay, after meal three, I always seem to need to rush to the bathroom. Okay, well, or I, I tend to f- flatulate or whatever. Um, okay, there's something in there that is disturbing you in some way. And we need to fix it because we want to make sure that if you're going to go through the trouble of eating all these meals, that your body is absorbing all of them as much as much of the nutrients that you're taking in as humanly possible. Absolutely. Um, so digestive quality. So digestive quality, uh, sleep quality. Are you sleeping through the night and are you getting quality sleep? I know most of us drink a lot of water. You better be, um, stay hydrated folks. And, uh, oh, hydrating agent, drink your hydrating agent. I almost forgot what we called it yes. the last time. Um, hydration yeah, agent. so Mine's got, my yeah. hydration agent is orange today. I'm really works. jealous. It's and, so but, um, Anastasia bought me some lemonade flavored Mio because I've been craving lemonade like crazy nice. for the last like two weeks. Yeah. So um, you might see me drink yellow at some point. It's not pee, folks. 
It's it not P. It might be P, but it's probably not P. <laughs> it's probably not. It's definitely some form of hydrating agent for sure. So if you're drinking enough water, you probably will wake up to pee in the middle of the night. Yeah. That's not abnormal. But otherwise, you should know that you're getting a pretty deep sleep and that your cumulative hours should be pretty high. Um, everyone obviously operates on different levels of sleep differently, but I am very concerned with people who get less than six hours of sleep a night. Ideally, you want to shoot for at least seven to eight. Um, you'll probably be in a really good spot. Um you got to prepare for that, too. I don't know if you're coming back to any of this stuff or not, or you're just going to read through them all. Or, but I'll, I'll stop you for just a second and say that. Yeah, I, sure. Go ahead. I, I hadn't I hadn't really given enough attention to sleep. You know, we focus on, um, you know, putting attention into our training, putting attention into our diet. And I just always thought mm -hmm. that I was a poor sleeper. And then I started dating someone who had amazing sleep hygiene. You know, that's the big term nowadays is sleep hygiene. Uh, Victoria mm, will yes. you know, lights down, you know, toward the evening. Yep. She doesn't want to watch anything on TV that's like super hyperactive. Uh, we try to avoid yep. a lot of screens. You know, she we have this um, like a low, low light next to the bed in the bedroom. So she'll turn that Are light we... on. OK, yeah, yeah. She'll turn that light on. And then that way it's like we don't have to turn on any any bright lights to even get to the bedroom. You know, it's like you can just keep everything yep. chill. And you're supposed to do that for like two hours. So you have people that are just like in front of their computer right up at the time they're going to sleep and then they can't sleep well and they wonder why, you know, it's like you got to you've got to put that work in. And these things do make a difference. You know, everything you're talking about. The, here. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned sleep hygiene. So this is a good thing. This is I think this would be a good opportunity to. OK, so one thing that a lot of people do a lot is uh, they're on their phones in bed before they go to sleep, or if they have a job in which they have to be connected to technology um, pretty frequently, they'll do their work in their sleep. Now, at the end of the day, human beings are animals just like anybody else, just like anything else, and we do develop um, we do develop ha habits on a psychological and cognitive uh level and what i'm what i'm trying to say is if when you're working if you're doing work you are mentally stimulated and there is some sort of uh response that is occurring that is keeping you more awake to stay focused yeah right so if you constantly do your work in bed when you're in bed your body will register that response even if you are not actually doing work yeah so you will have a hard time falling asleep. So that's why you always want to save your any type of work that you do. Do not do it in bed. Do it somewhere else. So that way your body doesn't associate the position of being in bed with I'm about to do work. It's kind of like when you when you stretch, when you dynamic stretch before um, training, you're you're priming your when you start stretching, your body is being primed to think, oh, OK, we're about to do some stuff. And yeah, if exactly. you develop that habit, every time you do that, your body will register it in the same way. So it's the same thing. Um, and everything that you said was great, like, you know, um, dimming the lights, not watching anything that is uh, super um, uh, doesn't get you all revved up. Like, don't watch uh, Ronnie Coleman, the king on Netflix that's before you go to time. bed. Yeah, that's the wrong time. Because because all you be thinking about is lightweight baby. And yeah, buddy. And you'll never be able to go to bed. Um, but yeah, I think all, I think all of those things are, are, are great and reading. I, 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 sh I showed you guys the book. I love reading before bed. That's probably the best nights of sleep that I get is if I fall asleep while reading or like shortly after I've been reading a book. Yeah. Best, best sleep I get. Um, so really good point. D uh, daily energy levels. So, you know, just basic. Mm. How do you feel throughout the day? Is is your nutrition this, – and this is going to be – it's important for everybody, but especially important if you're just now transitioning from um, a less than uh, stellar structured plan or lack of structure into a structured diet plan. Monitoring, okay, how did I feel before I started this and how do I feel afterwards? Um, you should ideally have more energy throughout the day and just more mental – energy and focus um, and clarity to your tasking. 
Um, if you don't feel those things, there's something wrong. Um, either you're not eating enough or you're eating uh, the wrong thing. So that would be that. Then that would also usually tie into digestion as well. Those two things will typically go hand in hand. Hmm. Um, your daily stress levels. So do you have a high stress job or do you have a high stress relationship or um, or even on a smaller level? What if you're following a training program of sorts or whatever that is physically demanding, but you don't enjoy it? You will also find that stressful sure. um, on a both on both a physical and psychological level. So you're getting hit with a double whammy. Um, so the I asked, so I asked my clients to to tell me about that. Um, their appetite. Obviously, we don't want to do anything that disrupts appetite ever. The only time that maybe that is favorable, maybe is when you're in prep and you have and you're the type of person that has to get really low on food in order to get in shape then a suppression of appetite is welcome um other than and even then it, it's still an indicator that something may be off maybe aloof uh your metabolism may be slowing down whatever and that needs to be addressed yeah. um weight pictures those are pretty self-explanatory if your goal is to gain muscle you want the scale to be typically trending upward and if you're dieting you want to be trending downward um you want your pictures to um reflect whatever your goal is matt what's up man i saw the comment slide through how are you doing sir um obviously measurements um if i have a client do measurements um i never have them do it more often than once a month just because that's, I, I feel like that's enough to notice if there's a trend in one direction or not. And they're doing it too often. Kind of like what I was telling you about me checking the scale all the time. You know, it, it, if you don't see the measurement that you want to see every single day or every single week, it can it can ruin your mood. Sure. And that that's not what a fitness and bodybuilding journey should be about. Um, we wanna we wanna promote positive change. Yeah. And anything that is going to disrupt that, we kind of don't want to do it. We don't want to, we want to avoid it. Yeah. I feel like the scale uh, can it? be that way for some people for sure. Like, especially I've had that with female clients that, you know, cause, cause the scale oh. going down with fat loss, it is fantastic when you see that, but it's not something that you necessarily always see, you know, every check-in, yeah, right. especially if we're doing frequent check-ins, you, the scale is not going to be down two pounds every time. Every but, yeah, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not progressing, but I, I do feel like somebody could be doing. I've had people that think they're doing poorly and they're down on themselves. And then I say, hey, check out these pictures. These are compared to six weeks ago. Yes. And then they're all excited yes. and they're like, oh, they've been having this negative thing about their whole fitness experience when in reality they were succeeding all along. You know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of go over this stuff. So that people understand that there are multiple ways to to track your progress mm. and see if you are improving or not, as opposed to just the scale or um, you know whatever whatever vary. But it's mostly the scale. That's usually the one that people hyper focus on yeah. and will ignore everything else. Like they'll start having veins in their abs, but they saw the scale go up two pounds and they think that they're like you said, like <laughs> a complete failure. Yeah, you know. Um, and then you kind of need someone like us or a coach, somebody to kind of pull their coattail and just show them what exactly what they have accomplished to kind of reel them back into reality. Um, and then the last piece is gym performance. Is your performance improving week to week? At the end of the day, mechanical tension is the main driver of hypertrophy. If you are not getting stronger, moving heavier loads and or for higher amounts of reps, you are not building new muscle tissue. I hate to break it to you. It has, if you've listened to any Think Big Bodybuilding Media episode, it has been proven over and over again that volume doesn't do shit for muscular hypertrophy in the way that mechanical tension does. If that was the case, instead of doing 225-pound bench press for 10 reps, you could do 135-pound bench press for 25 reps or whatever the math works out to. And you should gain the same amount of muscle, right? No. We all know that the person who benches more weight is typically going to be bigger. Yeah. That's just the way it is. So, um, okay, so this is going to be the fun part for you. This is this is the part that you love. All right, um, where are we going? The gym, the gym performance. Nice. Um, so what, what do you – I guess I'll just throw this kind of at you because I hate 
rambling so much. Okay. Um, yeah. What do you what feel is for. important? Because you have, yeah, 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 you're 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 great. You're great at this. You're great at what you do. Um, Thank you. What what do you feel is like when you're working with your clients? What do you feel is the most important things to look at um, with their gym performance um, and making sure that they're going in the right direction? Okay, so I'm not with them in the gym because everybody that I work with, you know, if I were working with somebody uh, like personal training and I could actually see their performance, Mm -hmm. then I can get a lot more data, you know, on on what's going on. But, you know, things that let's assume that that they're not. Let's assume they're not what that 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 they're not a one on that they're not an in person client okay. that you you work with them what, like what online. are the things that I want to know? Okay, I mean yeah. I think one thing is going to be their their attitude toward training. You know, do they want to go in and attack the weights, or are, are do yeah. they feel indifferent? Do they feel bored? You know, uh, I I think that that says a lot about where you're at at that time. You know, you should. You should want to be aggressive every time you go into the gym. And that doesn't necessarily mean like, I mean, you, you, you can't be on 10 all every every workout. But of course, you know, you should have that feeling, though, like you should be excited. And I think that sometimes people people feel guilty if they're not excited uh, that they feel like, like, you know what, I'm, I'm being lazy or something. I, you know, they, they just, they just keep pushing through it. And I've seen it happen where somebody is not having fun in the gym for an extended period of time and they're just burnt out. They've been burnt out for a long time and they're just doing the same thing over and over again. They're definitely at that point, they're not going to be progressing in their way. I think sometimes though, you know, I guess what I'm getting at is that somebody maybe just needed to pull back a little bit for a few days, you know, it can make such a change if you've been, you know, hitting it hard, hitting it hard. And now you're getting to the point where you're not excited to train, just like take an extra day off. And I guarantee you, you're going to be or right. maybe even two if you need to, or hell, if, if, you know, deload for a week, you know, uh, you'll come yes. back and you'll be very excited. I think that that's a, a big factor. Um, obviously, like you said, progressing, are they progressing? That's another, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to be, I think one of the biggest things, um, I always want to know if people are suffering any kind of minor tweaks, you know, are things starting to mm-hmm. happen? You know, was it your elbow last week and now it's your shoulder? Was it the back of your shoulder last week and now it's the front of your shoulder? Like when those things start coming up, I feel like your body's telling us something and I don't always know what that is right away, but it's a cue for right. me to stop and say, Hey, let's listen to this and look a little bit closer at what's going on, you know? You know, one one thing that you mentioned about the whole um, having fun versus not having fun anymore. I'm just I'm, I'll speak from my experience. Uh, the only people that I've worked with that like stopped having fun or or whatever the case may be in terms of their training were usually people who had been um, it had been drilled and impressed upon them that their training needed to vary constantly. Like really? every, you know, two weeks, four weeks, two months, whatever, the program had to change. You know, the exercise selection had to change. Their, um, the amount of volume they did, all of that stuff needed to be altered in order to, to, to ensure that they continually made progress. Yeah. It wasn't huh. until – and what I, what I tried to do was get those people to understand that you're not – progressing because of your exercise selection if it was that simple then you could just just make sure you change your movements every single week and you'll constantly grow muscle all the time it'll never stop ever muscle um muscle confusion you want to confuse your muscles put more weight on the bar (laughs) i love it yes (laughs) your muscles will get confused they will go oh shit i didn't touch this before yeah (laughs) and that that's where the confusion will happen and in their confusion in their stupor They'll like <laughs> knock themselves over the head with a hammer because they're confused and then they'll grow because yes. they'll grow, you know, because the, they'll get a knot from hitting themselves <laughs> with the hammer. Um, so, yeah, the, the, that's that's always been my experience. They think that the workout needs to be different all the time. And it was like a mental stimulation, almost entertainment for them. And once I got them to see that getting stronger was the way that they were going to see the improvements and the enjoyment that they were trying to get. Cause ultimately people won't enjoy anything if they're not getting anything out of it. Yeah. So 
they're in the gym for results. Once they start seeing, oh, this way actually builds the muscle that I want, now it's fun. Now getting stronger is fun because they see payoff dividends from yeah. it. I guess that's the only things um, I can think of offhand. Uh, you may say some other things that I'll say like, oh, yeah, but is there is there anything I'm missing there of, of things that uh, you would be looking for when you, you talk to, say, an online client uh, about their progress? Well, I really like what you said about attitude and one like uh, attitude towards their training and their execution. So one of the first things that I like if I have a new client or, you know, um, yeah, if I have a new client, the first thing I ask them is, do you log your lifts? Mm, yeah. Yes. Or, yes or no. Do you do you keep a logbook? If you do, that tells me most of what I need to know about you. That tells me that you already give a shit about your progress. Because why else would you keep a logbook? Um, if you don't, I make all my clients keep a logbook, every single one, and I will randomly pop quiz them and just be Ooh. like, I want to, I want to see your logbook this week. I'm gonna see the numbers, and and I ask them to send me not like if I don't see them in person typically that often, yeah. then I'll have them send me videos of their lifts, um, so that I can break down their form, their rep execution, their critique, and above all else, see their intensity of effort. Because most people will, they're, if, they, if they're sending me a video of their lifts, usually their form is pristine picture perfect because they know I'm watching. Um, but I want to see, are you taking the set to the brink? Or do I see that you are stopping two reps short? Yeah. And if, and, if I, and if I see a hack squat set with a damn band on it, I swear to God, I rip them apart. Yeah, I don't want to see that shit. Take okay. the band off. So here's Take. the thing: I've been doing reverse banded hack squats since no, since Scott, like since forever, Why? since like literally oh, a, since like a decade no. before they were cool, like a decade before uh, they were cool. All right. Okay. So what is why? Um, I'm stronger at the top. I have, you know, with 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 my knees, my back, I'm just I'm stronger as I'm coming up. So if I can deload any of that off the bottom, uh, it's yeah. it's a great assistance to me uh, and, and it allows me to push harder. In fact, I would say um, more important to me than than reverse bands hacks is reverse band squats. I love a reverse band squat and, and it, it's helped okay. my lower back so much taking the tension off where I where I am going to be at my most vulnerable I can still like okay it's not a cheat it's not like it gets light at the bottom but it does take the edge off so I I will defend them though you're not the only guy because I think there's a there's a backlash now because there are so many people doing it and it's become a such a cliche and a cop-out his here's my thing with the <clears throat> excuse me here's my thing with the reverse band so I I understand the the intent behind um, behind implementing it, which is obviously alleviated, like uh, on the hack squat, you know, if I want to take tension and uh, away from my knees and the amount of load that it needs to hold, just enough to get me out of the hole pain free, that makes perfect sense to me. I get it. My problem is not with the use of it; it's with the how it is being used. So ideally, you if your if your if your true goal is tension off of the knees, right? Then you're gonna set it up in a way that the band will only have tension on it when you're at the bottom. So like when you get to like three quarters of the way down yes. to the from there to the very bottom, there's tension on the band. So now it's alleviating what you're feeling in your knees enough for you to drive up pain free, and then you're still feeling the weight from that point upward. Absolutely. where you don't deal with pain great that's perfectly fine every single person that i watch do reverse band anything whether it's reverse band military press reverse band squats reverse band oh i've never i haven't seen the reverse squats no? that often like barbell that's I, the that's no, my favorite I haven't, man really. you gotta have i can't do them at my house because i have the the open hammer strength rack i don't have the full rack oh, okay but they're great when you have yeah. a full rack to throw them up there and i don't go with a lot i'll use like the uh the red mini bands from elite the ones that are like you know they're like the i'll they're give you small. A, i'll give you a pass i'll give you a pass okay i know those i know those bands and they really don't 
do much. But they help. They help for so, me. Like they make that yeah. difference where I can get that complete control and it allows me to then take a weight that I can bury that squat. I like doing things like right. paw squats, you know, really the, the stuff that's really yeah. brutal where you're just like living in that hole before you drive out. And uh, it's, it's helped me in, in situations like that for sure. That's fair. That's fair. I will say that I will say that I haven't seen the, the free, the free barbell reverse band that often, but the two that I see the most or three, I should say is high incline Smith, uh, regular incline Smith for chest. And the hack squat. That's where I, I that I would say that that encompasses ninety to ninety five percent of the reverse band videos that I see. Hmm. And my problem with it is when people unrack the weight, there's already tension on the bar. Yeah. I mean on the band before the rep has even started. Yeah. So whatever weight that you have on the bar, you've never felt it at all. You are feeling less from the minute it is unracked till all the way to the bottom where there's maximum tension. So how many, how much poundage is being taken away? And that's part one. Part two to that is the eccentric part of the rep is where your muscles are generating the most force. So that means that the most muscular development, ideally, because we're talking about mechanical tension being the main driver of hypertrophy, i.e. the force generated on a cross-sectional area of muscle because of load, the eccentric portion of the movement is where the most muscle is being created yes. or um, the, the biggest demand is being put on it. The most force is being generated and where the most the majority of the novel stimulus is happening. So why the hell am I putting a band on something that is immediately removing the amount of eccentric force that I'm being that's being generated right from the rip before I even start the rep and thus limiting my growth? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me. It help me. <laughs> that's the part that I. That's the part that I, I have an issue with. It's not the use of it because the way you're doing it makes perfect sense to me. And especially if there's only tension at that bottom part where you need to drive out of the hole so that you don't hurt yourself. Great. But when you have it set up, so the second you unrack the machine, there's tension on the band. Yeah. So you have three plates and you post on Instagram, oh, look, I got a 315 PR on overhead press or a 315 PR on incline, Yeah. but the band is taking away poundage as soon as you unrack it, that's bullshit. You're not, you're not building any new muscle tissue, and that's going to be evident on stage when you stand next to somebody who actually did 315 for the entirety of the rep over and over and over again. It's just, it's not going to be the same. So true. Yeah. That's just my, that, that's my opinion. It's true. I mean, no, it's more than your opinion. I think it's truth. It's reality. That's, we'll go as far as to say that. How about that? I, I guess I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to end it on a nicer note because there is, a, there has not been a community of people that have been more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hateful. I don't know if that's the right word, but like emotional about a method that they use other than the reverse band community. Really? Anytime I say anything, oh my <laughs> God, like people, every time I put a post up, like I kind of poke fun. I'll do like, uh, I posted a video of me doing hack squats. I was doing pause reps. Actually, I was burying those sons of bitches. Like I literally could not have gotten lower at all on the, like, there's, there's no way my hamstrings and calves I were like in shit. the middle of a business. They were in the middle of a business meeting. They could have been playing Monopoly <laughs> together. They were so close. And I would, and I just paused in the rep for like yeah. a good second or two and then drove up. Wait, what's a good second or two? And I made a comment. What's a good second or two? Like, oh, count it out for me. Because a real. I, yeah. What's that? What does that a real, like? a real second or two. Not like when people be like, oh, I did a five second pause rep. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, like, <laughs> I hate that. That, that. That's a pet peeve of mine too. Um, but no, where I'm down in the rep, one, two, bang, boom, up. Yeah. like one miss, like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, up. I feel like back we could down do again. A whole show just on perfecting the pause rep. I really do because I feel like that's something that in itself is uh, is is it, it, it takes some learning. And and when you're in the hole, it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like like that little that one, two, three, four, five. It doesn't feel it feels like you're down there forever until you I shoot know, video. It's so of great it. until you shoot video of it. And then you're like, oh, shit, 
that wasn't that. And then you realize that you used you used all stretch reflex to drive yourself up, and you <laughs> never paused at all. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was zero pause. But like, no, I hate that. Oh, when they when they fast count. Oh, it drives me nuts. But yes, I I agree. That actually would be a pretty good topic. Just improve your. Let me, let me stop. Let me stop before we go on a whole tangent and the whole right. rest of the next hour is about the pause rep. Yeah. But I like that. That's a good, that's a good topic. Um, but yeah, so yeah, just logging your lifts and then making sure that you're progressing through your list. What does progression mean? So this is some of the things that I listed out. Um, increasing your weight on a given lift for the same number of reps. So if you did 135 for, on bench, for example, for 10, um, did next week you get 155 for 10, that's progression. Um, more reps with the same weight. If you squat 225 for 10, then next week you get 225 for 12, then that's that's progression. Um, I wrote uh, scaling scaling up in weight on lifts with biscuits. What's a biscuit? I saw that. Yeah, biscuit, what is a biscuit? Anything that is five pounds or below. Anything that is five pounds or below biscuit so biscuit is a tiny plate okay uh i got that term i got that term from jordan peters he okay. uses that term a lot yeah and i'm sure if you ask dave he'll uh he'll say the same thing that he i'm sure he calls it biscuits too it a seems biscuit. to be a uk thing okay so i got like three yeah, plates but and a i like biscuit. it yeah three plates yeah, and a biscuit. three plates and a biscuit so Sounds like good. jordan for example like he has he had like 0.5 pound plates like custom made and one pound plates oh yeah custom made so that he can make sure that he was progressing in his lifts every single week, even if it was just by a half a pound. Absolutely. Just throw that little dink, little dinky plate. That's st- if you if you add a one pound to your lift every single week, that's fifty two weeks in the year. That's fifty two pounds on all of your lifts. I'm pretty sure all of us would love our bench squat and deadlift to be fifty two pounds heavier than yeah. they are right now. I want to get the the, so, the ones for the dumbbells. They have the little incremental. Uh, you can you can make them. Or you can mm-hmm. uh, you can buy them the like uh, magnetized. I think a lot of times the little you know one point two five or the one point five plates they have those would be sweet. Exactly, exactly. So just making sure that so even if you go up in one with one pound, that's still progression. That's you're still adding new muscle tissue because you're creating a novel stimulus. Even if it's just one pound higher, that means your body did not touch that one pound higher last week. So, just making sure that you're that you're hitting those that you're hitting that progression. Nice. Um, see, I like that. wait, one point. See, I told you. Yeah. Biscuits. It's a, it's a term. Biscuits. Biscuits. And I like the way he says it because he has such a deep, thick uh, British accent. Yeah. So it sounds really. It doesn't sound as cool when I say it. When he says it, I'm like, yeah, fucking biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I want some butter. I know that's. I was thinking that too. Something. I was making. Hungry. I was getting hungry <laughs> thinking about training. All of a sudden, I don't know why. Oh man, I'm hungry. I'm, I honestly might get pasta when we're done. You like pasta? I that's what I gather from you. Uh, You're a pasta fan, dude. If I if I could eat pasta like nine times a day and not and like I had to not eat anything, I could do it. Like you don't you don't understand. I could eat pasta nine meals a day every fucking day ever and never eat anything else and be happy as a pig and shit yeah i'd be so oh oh, oh, good. oh i can't argue with that that's good uh that's good bodybuilding food right there too you grow some you've muscle never pasta. put it this way that and put it this way you've never seen someone eat pasta and not be happy <laughs> that's true i can't think of i've never i can't think of anybody i've ever seen crying so, while eating pasta now that you mentioned that or like or like ice cream or cake. I like the way Dave says cake. Yeah, Dave loves cake. You know? I know he loves <laughs> What did he said in the episode I just finished listening to? Um, he was, I think you I forget what you guys were talking about. I think you were talking about appetite. It was the GHB episode. Oh yeah, yeah. And some something about like oh, this rule applies to everything except cake. Oh, you can overdoing. He was talking about overdoing um, supplements and overdoing. overdoing you can overdo beer. everything except for cheesecake. That's what it was. Except for except for cake. Ooh, pasta versus cheesecake. Uh, well, hold on. Those are two different courses. So yeah, we have to be clear here. 
because one is an entree and the other is a dessert. So they're in two separate categories. You could do so both. Pasta still wins. You could do both. So, so you could technically you could technically do both because they don't conflict with each other. Yes. And I would get on Dave's good graces by favoring cake. So I yeah. want to do that. <laughs> uh, oh, here's a good one. Control. This we were talking about the reverse band thing. Yes. Uh, control of the weight through the entirety of the rep. I like that. So, uh, a perfect example would be, I think, a good thing, a good way, a good exercise we could illustrate verbally would be the bench press. So, sometimes you'll see a lot of people that are able to push a particular weight because they unrack the bar and they almost kind of let it fall on their chest and they use the bounce off of their sternum to gain momentum to drive it back up, as opposed to if you control it either graze your chest or not even touch it and then have to drive back up, they probably won't be able to do as much weight or at least for not as many reps or the deadlift. For example, you rip it off the ground and then you control. like, you know, it's going to be different if you hit the ground and bounce back up Mm -hmm. versus if you control it down, bring it to the floor, stop all movement Mm -hmm. altogether and then drive it back up again you're probably not going to do as much weight, at least at first. But the um, motor the motor unit um, and, and, and muscle fiber recruitment is going to be a lot higher on the non-bounce versus the bounce. I Absolutely. shouldn't say a lot higher. But it's de- there's definitely going to be a difference. Um, there's definitely going to be a difference in favor of the stopping, the stop reps. I, I think um, that if we were to say, if, if you were to, if anybody out there listening – was to change one thing, one thing period in their training, you're getting more control over your, like at least question it. Like, you know, am I, am I really controlling this as much as I can? And sure you can, you can get to that point. Like Scott was talking about the super slow uh, method of people doing like yep. super slow. You could take it too far, but within, you know, within a realistic expectation of yourself, can you control it better? I feel like it it, it had been a game changer for me. It, even in this past year, the control that I found in controlling the negative with really, really heavy weights, you know, there, oh, yeah. there's something that you get from that that you're not getting from anything else. Absolutely. And like I said, uh, like we or like we said earlier, you, the eccentric portion of the rep is where you generate the most force in the muscle. And that is the part that is eliciting the most change, especially since the eccentric portion of the rep is where the muscle is being stretched. The room is being created for more tissue to, to be – I'm oversimplifying it, but to be inserted for lack of better terms. So whereas on the concentric, the muscle is being shortened, so there's less room because the actinomycin filaments are sliding together. And when they come apart on the eccentric, this is where the room is being created and the fascia is being stretched and blah, 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 blah. So it would behoove you if your goal is to build muscle to be in control of the eccentric. And you can look at it as, um, am I really in control of the weight? Or I think a better perspective, um, you can correct, uh, correct me if you if I'm wrong on this, but I think a better perspective would be how can I make this rep? better yeah and that's usually the area that immediately comes to mind is eccentric control with heavy ass weight not oh let me because don't don't take this as a green light to say oh eccentric control so let me just lighten all of my weights no if you can control it with the same weight that you're doing right now so again that's a that's a PR that that that's a person that's a personal record it's a personal best if you went from bouncing 225 off of your chest for 10 and now you are able to control it slowly touch not bounce and then drive it back up with explosive concentric force you've progressed in your lifts absolutely um intensity techniques is obviously um another way that you can uh drive further progress drop sets supersets um, one and a half. Uh, Scott showed me this technique called fives in the hole. I don't know if you've ever done it before. I don't know. What is it? What do you do? Okay. Oh, it's super fun. Like it, it'll, you'll, you'll, if you can do a second set 
it's either because your recovery capabilities are astronomically out of this world or you are satanically crazy. One of the two. So I like uh, the first exercise you showed me how to do it on was a was a lat pull down. So that's the that's what the motion I'll use. Right. So you'll go, you'll grab you'll grab a weight that I would say is probably an eight on the RPE scale. So you know if you were to do like a set of twelve to fifteen, you would still have like two reps in the tank. Okay. So you do five you do five reps, full reps, and then when you pull number five. You stay right here, and you do like little pulses with the full oh. contraction. Those are your, those are your five in the hole, and then you do four full reps. Oh wow, yeah. With five, with with five pulses. Oh, with five, five in the pulses hole. Still. Oh wow. Yes. So it's so it's five full reps, five in the hole. Four full reps, five in the hole. Three full reps, five in the hole. And then your wow. goal is to get to one. Wow. And if I you like can't, that. if you can't, you say okay. I need to work with this weight until I can get to one and then I can increase it. And that's how you kind of monitor your progress with that, with that technique. I like that. Um, And, and, you know, it's things like that, that I think that we can all continue to do uh, without having to risk getting hurt as much. Like a lot of times I think people say progressive overload is not good because you can only get so strong and you're eventually just going to get hurt. I think that's a, a great way you can continue progressing. Or you could just have adamantium connective tissue and joints like Weapon X, and you'll never have to worry about getting hurt ever. <laughs> and and also, I hear that uh, 12 grams of fish oil a day also helps. Yeah. Do you do? 12 I was grams? doing that during prep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I, I was doing um I, I would do four grams in the morning. I would do four grams uh when I got home from work. Or if I knew I was going to be at work late, I would just do it like after my training. And then I would do four grams at night with my last meal. You know, there's yeah, a, there, there was a, a psychiatrist local to me and I was talking to somebody who works with him uh, on a professional level. He said that this guy will not prescribe uh, an SSRI uh, antidepressant until that patient has gone to 12 grams of fish oil. Because serotonin is produced in the gut, and it's huh. it's reliant oh. on omega threes. So he'll get somebody, which I think is kind of a cool thing. He gets them to twelve grams, and then they have to stay there for a period of time. And he wants to evaluate that before he adds in antidepressants. I thought that was, was kind of clever. So fish oil can, in addition to heart health, joint health, and monitor fat metabolism, blood glucose, and all these other things. You're telling me you can fight depression? Absolutely, it can. Yes. Everybody, go buy salmon right now. Go do it. it. Just, or if you live with salmon, just dive in the river and just catch it. Catch wild salmon with your grab teeth. one. Yes. Do it and shoot a video for us of that. We'll put it up on the show. We will absolutely feature you. You will get tens of millions of views. I promise. Yes. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> or at least Weapon uh, and the X last and I, thing, Derek and I will see you. That's it. Oh, we'll, we'll see it. So you'll get two. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then um, Scott's mom will watch it because she'll watch it. As long as it's on Facebook Live, she'll watch it. If she had to go to YouTube, probably not. No. Oh, my God. That's funny. And then the last thing was rest intervals. Now, I put a question mark next to that. And here's the reason why. Um a lot of people will use that as a marker sometimes to measure progress. Like, okay, I could do the same, you know, I could do the same weight while, and last time I rested for a minute and a half, and this time I rested for a minute. Yeah. So that's progress. I think that using rest intervals as a method of measuring progress is um, is bollocks, if you to use a fun term or hogwash or whatever. I, I think it's a waste of time. And then ironically enough, um, and that the reason for that is I believe that if you can, if you can do subsequent working sets and continue to progress your performance upward, why not? By shortening your rest intervals, you are effectively ensuring that the set that you do after that first one is going to be less effective. You're not going to do – you're not going to be either be able to do as much weight. You're not yeah. going to be able to do as much reps or both. So um, 
I believe Paul Carter. Um, do you follow Paul Lefron Lefron Bang? I know who he is on Instagram. Okay, yeah, he he posted something, and then I believe it was either Alan Aragon or Victor Black. One of them posted um, uh, some studies showing that rest interval people who rested longer had way better performance in the gym versus people who had shorter rest periods. Now, hmm. caveat, that does not mean that you go on your phone for 10 minutes and post on the Instagram, text your boo, order Uber Eats for when your workout is over, and then get back to your set. That's not how that works. You What they're talking about, what they studied was a rest period of one minute or less, because that's typically like, for some reason, 60 seconds is the benchmark rest interval length, um, versus two to three minutes of yeah. rest. And the two to three minute rest period people always outlifted the one minute rest period, one minute rest period people by a lot. Yeah. Especially the longer the workout went. Um, hmm. The, the drop-off in performance with the one-minute rest period people was enormous, whereas the um, the higher rest period people were able to maintain their performance pretty pretty steadily. So we want to make sure that we're doing everything possible to maintain high-level performance from the beginning of the workout to the end because high-level performance means more muscle tissue, or if you're in a deficit, more muscle tissue retained. Hmm. So, the, question. so we want to protect that. Yes, um, okay, so I've seen you lift some pretty heavy stuff. Uh, we don't see your rest intervals, uh, you know, on your Instagram videos. So on, on mm -hmm. something like, let's say that, that dumbbell row that you posted the other week uh, with, the, with the whole yes. makeshift dumbbell with the 25s on it. Uh, how much weight was that thing? 215 pounds. Okay, how much rest would you take before you actually hit that? Heavy, obviously heavy working set. Now, so I do I sit there and look at my Apple Watch and time it? No, but um, I I did have someone ask me this question, like I would say, like a few months ago, and it sparked my curiosity. So I actually like after the set, I I set my timer, I hit it, and then I forgot about it. Like I I kind of I don't know what I did in my head, but like. I kind of like shifted my consciousness away from the watch. I wasn't thinking about my rest period. Yeah. I just wanted to see what I would naturally do, you know, not paying attention to the time. And it was two, if I remember correctly, it was like two minutes and 40 seconds, something like that, or 38 okay. seconds. It was somewhere, so, somewhere in that range. And I did it a couple times actually because it sparked my curiosity. Hmm. And I pretty much fell in between two and a half and three minutes rest every single time hmm. just without really tracking or thinking about it. So I kind of just went when my body said I'm ready to go. Yeah. And it always fell in that time period. Yeah, I asked because I don't actually track the specific time. I wait and I go when I'm ready, which is probably it's under yes. three minutes, you know, and it's never longer than four, I would say. Like, if that would be like the outside max, and I'm just guessing on this, but I don't feel like it's ever been longer than four. I imagine I'm probably right with you, like two and a half, three minutes. That's enough to get me back where I need to be and ready to do whatever I have to do. If if I was longer than that, I definitely check my phone for sure. Which is why I don't check mm, it because yeah. I know it'll. I know my rest periods will be longer than that. Okay, and I'll. And the thing that will pull me back away from my phone is I'm getting cold. Yes, yes. Like yeah. that—that'll. I, I can feel. I can feel the pump slowly leaving me. The my powers are, are fading away, <laughs> if you will. And I need. I need to get them back. So I. I get off my ass and get back to work. Yeah. But that's why I don't typically check my phone. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. That. That was a lot. That was the last piece that I that I wanted to cover. So to sum all of that up. Um, the things that you want to look at when you're looking at the quality of your program and the quality of your progress, um, digestive quality, sleep quality, your energy levels throughout the day, stress levels and managing those effectively, um, appetite, gym performance, weight pictures, measurements. And then we went into all the details of gym performance. 
the one thing that I forgot, but I'm glad I forgot because we could literally make a whole episode out of it, which I think we will, is um, managing recovery. Yeah. What are the oh, best yeah. ways to manage recovery? Yeah. Um, either that's... nutritionally or in the gym. Yeah, because that's the whole answer to, well, what if all these things are shot? You know, then then where do you go? So absolutely, that's uh that's a good that's a yeah, that's a whole other thing. But that that makes sense. And and I think that these things, they all they're all on a continually moving scale, aren't they? You know, maybe yep. your stress levels, you know, higher and you didn't get as much sleep, but you're really well mm-hmm. fed and you just started your cycle a few weeks ago. So you're getting stronger. It's like but that the, the sleep stuff that may take away today, but tomorrow, you know, you're back on track. Like tomorrow's a whole other day. You might be feeling completely different, you know, or or on a, on a more macro level. Yes. People sometimes will think that, okay, I did this for myself six months ago and it worked. So Uh, it should work now. But you, the person that you are, the the person that you are and the variables that surround you now may not have been the same variables that surrounded you six months ago, i.e. You may have had a different body fat percentage. You may have had a different lean muscle mass percentage. Um, the way you train might be different. The intensity, uh, the amount of uh, strength you have, your performance might, is hopefully better six months later. So you are not – there are things about you that are totally different, variables about you that are totally different now than they were six months ago. So, so you can't program for the six-month-ago version of you right now. It's not going to work. They're two different people completely different people. Um, And that's the way I always look at it. So like you said, it's a continually move. You're on a continuum always, and it's forever changing. And the place that you land on the spectrum is always different. So you always have to make sure that you're analyzing the version of you right now and not basing it off of a previous version of you. That's not always going to be accurate. And I think too, you can look at this stuff and, and, you know, you can start to you can start to see the effects. You know, if you're the key is, I think, like you said, making sure that you're basically being mindful of all these things. And then let's say you didn't pay attention to how your sleep affected you before. But, you know, you have a day where you didn't sleep as well. You had a day where you just got through with like 10 hours of just utter bullshit at work. And then you can watch. OK, well, that may affect me in the gym. Let's see how that affects my performance. You know, or just be aware yes. then that, hey, this could have an effect. I need to be aware of that. Don't let it stop you, you know, from still being your best. But it's those things. I think those things are important. You know, what are, what are some of the other the other factors there that we had talked about? Just to throw out like one more you stress, sleep, digestion. Yep. You know, let's just, say that your digestion yep. is yep. kind of screwy, you know. Just be aware then. Okay, how could this potentially be affecting my workouts? You know, stuff like that. Mindfulness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was, uh, I just realized that that was one thing that we, that we didn't, that I said we were going to talk about that we didn't, but I still think it would be a better fit on uh, a recovery management episode. Um, and that is just auto-regulating um, your, mm. your programming, especially like in the gym. So how do I know when um, maybe a, specific movement isn't serving me anymore um how do i know when to kind of pull the reins a little bit and take a step back and maybe have a deload or a devolume i like devolume week better i I like reductions in volume as opposed to um reductions in load at least for me they've always served me very well Mm. um so like instead of doing two working sets or sometimes three working sets every movement i'll just drop everything down to one okay one working set i'll attack that one set with everything i have and then i move on okay and and that's it um and i just found that reducing the volume would added to my recovery so much more and it was more enjoyable because i still was chasing prs so i was still getting stronger but i wasn't having as much tax and um, physiological stress in my body because I wasn't doing it as long as much because yeah. I had less sets. Um, but anyway, like I said, that, I think that would be something to dive into in more detail in a recovery management episode. But that's just something else for people to think about, you know, understanding how to be more in tune with their body and knowing when certain variables, when it's okay to change certain variables in order to promote your recovery because more recovery is going to lead to better performance. I appreciate that. Well, I think we got through a lot of this is a lot. It was like very a lot of stuff that we threw at them today. I didn't realize how much time went by. Like that went by really fast. 
What's uh what's Anastasia cooking over there? I hear she's she's cooking some sort of prep food, isn't she? She's preparing some sort of body. Uh, that might be that might be the cauliflower rice. Uh Anastasia. What? Uh I have been asked I have been tasked with asking you <laughs> what you are making in the kitchen. Because the we can hear the my banging. Cauliflower rice, my carbs. See? So cauliflower rice for carbs, huh? Yeah, she's um wait, I thought you said you got are you still no carb? Are you no carb right now? No carbs. Who? Oh every day. Not not just on not just on rest days. Every day. Wow. No carbs. So how many weeks out no is she? No carbs. Uh three. So she's right there then. This is it. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's time. Like she, she eh. I would say that she's definitely eaten more food this time around than she has um in in previous preps. Yeah. Um, she's also a lot bigger and stronger than she's ever. So that's what I'm saying. Different version of yourself. Yeah. So the prep isn't going to go exactly the same as it did with the previous version of you that didn't have as much muscle. Yeah. So um, she is the body type that usually has to go to this extreme in order to get in shape. Um, I typically am too, although last year wasn't that bad. Um, so yeah, she's doing, she's on no carbs right now. Uh, I don't know why she's complaining. She kind of begged for it from her coach and like kind of harassed him until he took all her food away because she's psychotic like me yeah. um, and added more cardio. So, but she's, this is another reason why I'm glad that I came out of prep. So now when she's feeling down and, you know, kind of you know, run, run down is what I meant to say, I can be there to kind of, you know, shoulder the burden a little bit. Cause if I'm down too, then it's, it's not going to work. We're just going to be mad at each other. <laughs> For it's no tough. reason, because we can't, because we can't eat, and we're just eating raw spinach out of the bag, and just like death staring each other while we're doing it. It's, yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, that'd be brutal. It's not fun. We had a, I'm, I'm, we had a I'm whole super battle. happy with her. We had a whole battle going on during the show. People, uh, Nick said that he's sick of pasta, and then what? Uh, Matt says that uh, cheesecake is disgusting. So like all this was happening while we were talking. You guys were having a. You guys are having a whole debate about this whole pasta thing while we were talking about um, recovery and managing <laughs> progress and all this shit. That's what you guys cared about. So, all right. So, well, so Scott, what we'll do is we'll break down uh, in the next episode the um, studies behind the uh, spaghetti receptor in the muscle. You and told us a little bit how... about that. We heard a little bit about that with you when when you were on with Scott. Uh, what's your code over oh at uh, over at your true over true nutrition? Is it Weapon X? Maybe Weapon X. How did I guess Weapon that? Weapon X. That's the code. How did I guess that? I don't know, man. You're 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 clairvoyant, guys. We still need a show uh, name, okay? So we've got a yes bunch of options. I don't want to say them again because I want you to come up with something fresh, something new, and uh, mm-hmm. you know we'll figure a prize out for you guys if you can figure out uh, something Ooh. for us. How about that? We'll Ooh, talk to Shay. We'll get Shay. Shay will do something for us. I'm sure for True Nutrition. Oh yeah, you know something. Got to make it happen. If you guys come up with a, an award-winning name for the program, let's get out of here, though, man. What do you say? Award-winning, love it. Yes. Yep. I, I covered everything. I think we covered a lot of stuff. Um, I didn't think that. I think we we, did, we were going to go this long. But this is awesome. I have a lot of fun doing these. All right. Well, for another episode of the the Weapon X Show slash Brass Tax slash the Weapon X Weapon Files. Weapon X Files. Yes. And the name that you guys come up with for us on the next episode. Uh, I'm Scott McNally yes. with Derek Oslin, IFBB Pro. Guys, we'll see you soon. See you guys. Thanks.